0: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the High Impact Podcast. I wanna connect my community with you guys and really encourage you guys to really just take that next action step. So today on the podcast, we are talking with Ruthie Lyons. She's one of my favorite entrepreneurs and definitely a mentor that she probably doesn't even know she is for me. So I wanted um, her to share her story with you guys and hopefully you guys will be just inspired, just as inspired by her as I am. So Ruthie, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. You know that I, I would hope you know by now, i look up to you so much. You blazed a trail and we will get there. We, I don't know why I'm a hot mess, but okay. That's, that's <laughs> I think that, and I, I don't see you as a hot mess, but uh-huh. that's that's probably, you know, I think we all are. Yeah. And so it's probably really relatable, but you have inspired so many, myself included. Okay. But let's start with, um, with who are you and what are you all about? And just tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Who I am, I think, changes. I always seem to, I don't know, year over year, just find that I have changed into somebody else for the better. Um, But I am a wife. I've been married for almost 15 years to my husband, Terrence. We have a daughter together. She's a teenager. Those teenage years are a mother. (laughs) I've heard. Um, She refuses to drive. Like, I, I just don't know. I don't know. Did um, you say she refuses to drive? Yeah, these, this new generation, like, it's just not important. No, I them. have
0: another girlfriend that you know um, whose son is like that. I'm
1: like, what is wrong with you I know. I don't get it. I'm like, no, I'm not taxing you around for rest of your life. Get your life together. Yes. So anyways, um, yeah, so I've got a, a teenage daughter. She's awesome, though. Um, I'm a mom first, and that has not always been the case. A few years ago, I found myself being an employee first, and that got really old to me. So I got, tr- I got tired of trading time for money and was burnt out with my job. I felt very unfulfilled. So I needed something else, but I didn't know what it was. So I've always been, um, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Like I've mm-hmm. always hated working for other people. I knew that about myself, like at a younger age. Um, I really didn't know what my path was going to be. So I didn't know where I should be as far as like, what, what I should be doing for a living, long yeah. story short. So I just kind of, you know, dabbled in a few different things to try to figure it out. And it really didn't come to me what I was supposed to be doing until I had a dream in the summer of 2018.
0: I love this story. But before we get to the dream, okay. do you remember how, because I was thinking about that this morning as I was kind of prepping to get ready for, for us, do you remember how we met? I remember the day that we met at the hotel, Leilani, I believe, and I stopped in to see you at the garden. I think
1: it was the Hilton Garden Inn at the time. Mm-hmm.
0: On the strip. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't remember, did we, how did we, cause I didn't just stop in and say,
1: is Ruthie here? So how did we no, meet before? Th- yeah. So, you know, I was director of sales. So we connect with different companies in the community, stay in touch, yeah. drop off goodies. So I think it was a matter of, oh, this is Hillary and Lilani. We need to put them in our database. We needed to call on them. So I think that's kind okay. of how we started our relationship. Okay.
0: So um, I remember you were in the hotel business. I was in the apartment business. Um, And people may not figure that out, but the apartment business, especially when you do new construction, is always in need of a hotel partner Mm -hmm. because of construction delays and things like that. So we kind of met and we stayed in touch. And then I remember your journey with real estate, which inspired Definitely inspired me. And our, honestly, our jobs were very similar yeah. as far as you just helped people with way shorter term housing. That was the only difference. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only, but that was the major difference. Yeah. But so tell me um, now about the the dream. And I know you were working in the hotel and working a ton.
1: So yeah. tell me kind of how all that um, transpired with the working and in the dream? Sure. So in addition to working in a hotel, I had a skincare business that I was running on yes. the side. And I thought that was going to be my way out of corporate America, honestly. Yep. But it, it made me, it started to make me feel insane because I was like, okay, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do to get this thing off the ground. It's been like three years at the time. It's still not wow. working. This isn't the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But I felt like, going through that process of having that skincare business was so pivotal because it taught me so much about branding myself online. So I think everything that I have been a part of up until this point has been vital to my real estate success. But, um, so what happened with the dream? So it was probably, um, I was having a conversation with my brother. He's a journeyman for Amazon. So he's always on the road and he was talking about how he wanted to flip houses. I was like, well, I'm going to go get my real estate license. It was a complete joke. Like that real estate wasn't really on my radar. Um, so one random day, one of my hotel clients, and I i, I shout her out because <laughs> if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. Um, her name is Allison Palmer. Um, she invited me to CrossFit, and I don't work out. And I had no idea what CrossFit was, and yeah. she did not warn me ahead of
0: oh, time. Oh, that's so like went, a religion. You need to be
1: prepared. Yeah. All she told, okay, I, she didn't tell me anything up front. So I went to the oh. Saturday class with oh, her, my wrecked my entire life. And then at the end is when she gave me the disclaimer. She's like, tomorrow you're gonna to be sore, but Monday, your body's gonna feel like it's dying. And I'm like, girl, why didn't you tell me this on Friday? So I could have made an informed decision to show up and with said you no. on Saturday. Yeah, because <laughs> I probably no. would have said no. Um so I ended up going because she's she, you know, we had a great relationship. We were friends, we're still our friends. Um and so I went and sure enough, Monday rolled around and I couldn't get out of bed. And so I'm the mom that gets up, gets everybody out the door, all that jazz. And I had to call my boss that morning and I'm like, hey, I need a minute. Like, I need a minute. I'm, yeah. I'm not coming in on time. So I I took an ibuprofen, lay back down. Fatima was at school. My husband was already out in Clinton where he works. And I started having this dream. And in the dream, like, I've always been a vivid dreamer and I mm-hmm. always know when I'm dreaming, and when I'm not dreaming. Yes. And I can usually, like, come up out of a dream if I wanted to just because I'm, I'm so aware when I sleep. I'm a really light sleeper. So in this dream, I hear somebody walking up the stairs. All of our bedrooms are upstairs, and at the end of the hall, there's a bonus room. So I hear somebody walking up the stairs, and I'm thinking to myself as I'm dreaming, this is weird because I'm supposed to be the only one here. So I'm trying to wake myself up out of the dream, but I can't. Okay. Like, it's almost like what, wow. sleep paralysis or something. Like, I physically couldn't move, couldn't wake myself up. Um, and so I'm just laying there like, okay this dream is getting really weird. So, um, I knew I was dreaming. So I, I hear my, I hear like laughter. I hear my husband's laugh and I'm like, who is he talking to? Like he's supposed to be at work. At this work. is freaky. So then, I'm, and then I, I'm like, okay, get up and go see who's in down the hall. So it's not that I physically got up, but like in my dream, I got up yeah. and walked down the hall and I should have looked back at myself. Cause I had a moment. I'm like, am I dead? Like, cause it was just weird, you know, yeah. cause I couldn't get up and I opened oh, the door wow. to the bonus room and I see my husband and myself sitting there and they're just, having I don't full, think I've ever seen myself. Me either. That's why, that's when I had a thought, am I dead? Like I've yeah. never seen myself in a dream. Like it freaked me out. Like she and you know, myself in the dream had on an outfit that I would wear, you know, it was just, she had on my clothes. It was weird. So I walk over cause like. They're just chatting and not even aware that I'm in the room. but I'm here. Uh, Yeah. So I walk over and I stand in front of myself. And this is where it kind of gets like I have a hard time articulating, like, the roles. So it never comes out right. But so I'm standing in front of myself, like, over myself. She's sitting and I'm standing. And finally she looks up at me and she grabs my hand and she says, you need to stop being so hard on yourself. You're doing a good job. Because at this time I was kind of in this funk, like, I'm a failure, you know, here I am, you know, 32. I hate what I'm doing. I don't feel fulfilled. You know, I'm not being a good mom. There was like so many negatives yeah. going on in my life at the time. So then like, I felt such a relief when she said that. But then she also said, you need to get into real estate. It's going to change oh my your life. God. Then I woke up. I woke up out of the dream. I had tears in my eyes. And let me back up because I, I forget to tell people this part of the dream. So when we moved to Germany... Um, my parents bought this wool blanket, and I still have it till this day. The blanket's older than me. No, actually, I think they bought it before Germany because I was like a newborn. So it's either my age or older than me. And this blanket, like, has bounced around from my mom's house, my dad's house, a divorce. You know, not my divorce, wow. my parents' divorce. Right. I've never been divorced. Full disclaimer.
0: Um, Let's get that on on record. On the record.
1: <laughs> and so I've kept this blanket. It's my favorite blanket, and it's a blanket. It's a wool. It's wool, and it says "home sweet home" on on the blanket. And so the me that was sitting on the couch was wrapped in the blanket. So oh it's just, my you know, gosh. I don't like know symbolism. symbolism. Yeah. Yes. So anyways, I woke up from this dream with tears in my eyes. Like, and I immediately called my mom. My mom's kind of like my spiritual advisor. She's kind of the person I go to when I need help figuring out what something means. And I started telling her what the dream was. And she was like, Ruthie, she's like, I don't know what other confirmation you need. You know what you need to do. She was like, because if you had woken up from your dream, you wouldn't have had that dialogue with yourself So she was like, I don't know what you're asking me for. Like, you know what you need to do. So within 24 hours, I was enrolled in real estate school. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to run the skincare business, work 50 hours a week, be a wife, be a mom, keep this house clean, keep the kid alive, keep the dog alive, feed everybody. You know, I didn't know how I was supposed to do it, but I knew um, what I had been praying for and Mm -hmm. asking for. And as I get older, I learned that when you ask and pray for things nine times out of 10, they're not going to show up in the way that you expect them to. Mm -hmm. And I think Sometimes we end up talking ourselves out of things. Absolutely. Just because we're expecting things to show up a certain way. But in this instant, I was so desperate. I was like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm just going to roll with this and see what happens. So within a month, I had finished real estate school. And it was about, it was in August, August 2018. I said, okay, I'm going to get, I give you a year. By August 16th, you need to leave. You need to be gone from the hotel. So I put my head down, did the work, made the sacrifice, um, I just posted about this last night mm-hmm. on my Facebook page, as a matter of fact, and um, I looked up and August 16th, 2020 was my last day of working in corporate America, a year to the date I said I was going to leave.
0: 2019 or 2020? 2019. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, because 2018 yes. I got my
1: license. So 2019, um, oh that was my last gosh. day and I've never looked back.
0: So I've got a lot of questions, but yeah. the biggest, the first question is how liberating or or were you nervous? how was it to turn in your notice and then ultimately to get in that car on the very last day from your joB
1: for me it was it was a little bit it was scary and liberating mm-hmm. at the same time because you know in corporate America I could I could always expect that weekly paycheck yep. to be in my account um, and then with real estate it's like so up in the air like if you're not doing the work you don't get paid cuz I'll tell you I bullshitted a lot at the hotel and still got paid. Yep. Um hell I was working my real estate business at the hotel, you know? Let's be real. I can say it now. Yep. Now, <laughs> um, now you can say. So and it, and it was scary in that aspect, but it was liberating because man, like y'all just don't know how many days I just felt just uh, just a, a ball of emotion dragging my ass out of bed and getting there. I didn't want to be there and then hating it there, hating the people there, just having a bad attitude. I'm sure I wasn't the star employee, you know, and I'm sure all that negative energy projected oh, in my work, but I was still always a top producer. I still did my job, but I didn't enjoy it. And as I got in my twenties, I was always chasing money in my career. Like I've got to, I've got to make money. I've got to make money. But once you hit a certain age, I think money becomes less important. And other things become more important. So like time. Time. What my biggest thing too is um I started the hospitality biz when Fatima was like in kindergarten and she was she was working on eighth grade. And I'm like, I have just looking back, like I had a moment, this is before I even went to real estate school. I'm like, I have missed so much. And and what was what was the benefit? I'm still miserable. Like, why did I, like, I've never been a car mom. I never got to volunteer and go on those field trips. I'm like, I've only got one kid. I've got one try to get this right. You know, this is it. And so that's when I made the decision that I was going to be doing something else with my life. And actually her eighth grade year, I got to be a car line mom. And oh. I know most people hate that, but that, like, I looked forward to getting her up and driving her to school every day and then picking her up and asking how her day was. Absolutely. And not not going home and being completely spent and just worn out and didn't want to talk to anybody. So that's like the biggest reward for me and taking the leap.
0: Um. I spoke to another girlfriend the other day. She was a property manager also. So for 18 years, she was, you know, in the office and she said the other day, so she, she quit her job, you know, and just went straight into real estate. And she said for the other day, for the first time she got to take her son for a haircut, he's 18. Mm. And so when you think about stuff like that, it's just, it is just, I, I can, I, I still remember the day I turned my notice in and the day, you know, I left mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it's about,
1: you can't get those car line. You can't, you can't. I don't, I don't ever want to be a person that is on my deathbed and I have a ton of regrets. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandmother is 80, 84, I think she'll be 85 this year, May, May 5th or May 10th. Oh, I should know that. Um, and that woman is so full of regrets and just oh. having conversations with her. Cause she did, she made a lot of mistakes as a parent. We all do, but I don't want to be that. Like she's, she's a lovely woman, but I just don't want to be that 84 year old, 85 year old grandmother that just had so many regrets because I always chose work over yeah. my child, you know, and that is the biggest eye opener for me.
0: And I think for me, just if, if one person could understand that there's a different way other than a nine to five, or in my case, a seven to five, there's mm-hmm. there's another there's another way. And if you're bold enough, and if you're willing to put in the work, there's another way. So, how has it been for you since? So, I can only imagine working real estate and a full time job. So, what was that stress level like? One to ten? It was a ten. So, so what is it like now? What's the stress level like
1: now? Like, I don't stress about anything. I mean. In real estate, I think maybe when I was a newer agent, I did used to stress about things, but you quickly learn, hey, a lot of shit's just out of your control. Mm -hmm. Just do just control the controllables, do what you're supposed to do and let everybody else figure their shit out. I'm not about to stress over somebody else's job. Like I'm just not gonna do it. Like they they get paid to to figure their job out, let them do their job. I mean, I do stress sometimes for my clients, like when they're putting binds, you know, but at least they know it's not my fault, you know, and if it is ever my fault, I'm going to fix it, you know, but the stress level, I'm, I'm a lot happier these days. I don't, I, I take pride in the fact that I don't have to get up early and I don't start my day till nine 30 and I can do that. Yep. And you know what? And, and side note, I'm just going to plug this. So I hear a lot of realtors talk about how you never get any time off. You work seven days a week, you're stressed to the max. And I'm just like, what are y'all doing? Like, I am wrong. I doing something wrong? Nope. Like. Because that's not what I'm about.
0: I had a girlfriend text me last night. Uh, the conversation reads, I'm thinking about going to real estate school. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm sure you get that all the time. Mm-hmm. And they basically want your advice and want to know what to do. And um, she said, well, the only reason I'm not is because I don't want to work nights and weekends. And I was like, really? Girl. I said, I think, now granted, um, next next week I think I will have officially been in real estate one year. Mm-hmm. I think I've worked four Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. Because I choose and because I set boundaries, and because I mean, houses don't wait till Saturday, not in this no, market. I'm, yeah, so, so honestly, I was kind of even appalled. I'm like, but that's not how it is. I think there's so many misconceptions about what real estate is. I think there's a misconception on how easy it is, too. Mm-hmm. So, when I have folks reach out and I'm like, you're, you're not gonna make it mm-hmm. because I've seen your work ethic, I've seen yeah. you know, so like, there are misconceptions all around. But what advice would you give? To that person that's going to reach out and text you and say, I'm thinking about getting into real estate school. I know you get that probably four or five times a I month at least.
1: got off the phone with a girl before I walked in here talking to her. Um, the question I asked them, why are you getting into real estate? And based on how they answer, that's all I need to know. Sometimes I get, oh, because I want to make more money. And I'm like, well, you're getting into it for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and how much money do you have socked away so that you can wait till that paycheck comes in because the paychecks don't come week one. Yeah.
1: And and I get so many people who have reached out to me over the last almost 3 years asking, "Hey, um I want to get into real estate school." I'm like, "Okay, go get your license and circle back to me." Yep. They never do. I know why is that. So what do you think? I think I've glamorized real estate for a lot of people. Maybe so. But what I post is real. It's real to it's my re- life. It's your
0: it is your reality. I've
1: earned everything that I have. I've worked for everything that I have. I think, and I have this conversation with my 23 year old nephew too, because he wants to quit his his job and start a business and he wants money. I'm like, dude, like I was broke as hell at 23. Mm -hmm. What makes you the exception to the rule? Like you need to earn everything. Like I had to earn everything. Like, do you think this shit happened overnight? No. Like, I had a baby at 20 years old. Like, I could barely pay, at one point, dollars rent. I could, my daughter got kicked out of daycare one one time because we couldn't afford daycare. Like, I was on food stamps at one point. I was never on welfare. We didn't, my husband always worked, but we were on food stamps at one point. It's like, do you think, like, everything is peaches and cream because I snapped my fingers and it was so? Like, no. Like, I literally had to start at the, bot like, at the hotel front desk making minimum wage. Yep. And I hated it, but I did it because it was what I had to do. And I knew that things weren't always going to be that way. But I knew that if I put in work, like, eventually my life was going to be better.
0: So if you always had that drive. Always. Yeah.
1: And I think having a baby so young mm-hmm. is what gave me that drive. Because I dropped out of my, after my sophomore year of college, I had to drop out. Um, and I moved back home. Terrence and I moved back to Knoxville. He's not from here, but, you know, we moved back here to start our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, this is real like I'm responsible for another person like I don't get to go out anymore I got to get my my life together you know and I think having my daughter was one of the best things that ever happened to me because prior I wish y'all could have met me prior to my daughter I was a totally different person like so she's changed you for the better Mm -hmm. right so no doubt
0: so those people that aren't getting their real estate license why do you so they're going to reach out and then they're just not going to do it what do you think
1: why it's too hard they don't want to sacrifice. It's an inconvenience. Yeah. Work work is an inconvenience for a lot of people. Like actually going to work, putting in work, doing work is an inconvenience to a lot of people. And because it's an inconvenience, they can't see they can't see the end game. Yeah. They're just looking at the now. It's like, do you know if you just like put your head down for a year, you could potentially be making six figures, working less than twenty hours a week, doing what you want, going what you going where you want, buying what you want. Like, having almost all the time that you want, like, y'all just can't see past it. Like, you just see, oh my God, like, you just make it, people just make every excuse as to why. And I'm not an excuse. I person. hate, yeah, I do hate excuses. I have a real estate coach now, and I was supposed to do something last week. I was supposed to go hang some door hangers in my subdivision mm-hmm. so I can lock down my subdivision on listings. It didn't happen, and she didn't give me a pass. And I'm like, you know what? I didn't do it. There's no excuse. I said, even though I had, 102 showings on one listing. I had to go through 21 offers. I had another listing hit the market that had 30 showings. I had 12 offers. I had to go show homes to an out-of-state buyer who decided they didn't want to buy, so I wasted a whole day. I had over 200 phone calls, 200 text messages. Even though I filtered through all that last week, it's still not an excuse that I didn't carve out two hours to go hang
0: But I bet you appreciate that because I bet when you were managing employees, you didn't want to hear their excuses either. And I can't stand it. It'll be done
1: today or this Saturday between 11 and 1. It's on my calendar. That's right. You know, this is is, you have to have a no nonsense, no excuse attitude if you want to go anywhere in life.
0: So when did you know it was time for a coach?
1: Last year. Last year I traded time or I traded money for education. I had a great year financially last year. Um, but it's like, okay, if you want to be a broker and open up your own brokerage eventually, is this the place that's going to make it happen for you? And I love my broker, you know, she was, she is awesome. We're still on good terms. Um, but you have to make smart decisions for yourself. It's like, okay, I'm going to move here. I'm going to hire a coach. I'm going to soak up all of this training. So I'm going to, I'm going to back up a little bit. I had a, a deep conversation with myself last year in the middle of last year. So how did that go? I said, (laughs) Based off of what you know right now, are you ready to to open your own brokerage? I had to ask myself that question. And I was like, if the answer is no, what's it going to take to get to where you need to be to open that brokerage? I'm like, I got to go somewhere and, and get a coach and, and get some training.
0: So the end game is your own brokerage. Mm-hmm. So any I think idea? all
1: the brokerages here are so stale and boring. And why? And Tell me why. You think unethical. That? I'm going to plug that. Some of them are. Um, we won't mention
0: any name. We won't, but we,
1: that's not what I envision my brokerage is gonna be. I don't know what I'm gonna call it, but I just know it's gonna be a very progressive, very fun um, very open, very accepting, very yeah. fresh. like I know I know what what it's gonna be and you'll guy you guys are get to see it at some point in the future.
0: Any so. idea of timeline
1: for the brokerage? I hope to be on my own next year. That's awesome. I can sit so, for my license this summer, so. That's great.
0: See, I, I, I don't yet have that vision, For I think I may have told you this back in December. I just don't have, I don't want, I, I, or I don't yet know that I want the brokerage. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if I want the responsibility. I totally admire other people that that do, and I, brokers are, I mean, maybe one day, but yeah. for me, I will always probably work for a broker. But tell me what, so um, obviously you've got a, an agent probably profile in mind as far as like they're going to be I would guess hustlers give
1: me some other adjectives of agents that you might seek um not a new agent too much liability I think with me eventually opening up a brokerage I don't think it's smart in like my first year or two to do that just because of the liability um but I would say somebody that that is into serving others like there's one thing I can't really stand is well there's several things but one of the things is a selfish person and I feel like I pride myself on um, being of having a servant heart when it comes to my clients because that's what hospitality was about and I think the few things I did enjoy in hospitality was meeting people and just hearing their stories and just helping them yeah helping them solve a problem you know if it was in my power to solve a problem. So I'd say somebody that's more of a servant heart, um, somebody, um, you said a hustler, mm-hmm. I would say self-starter, I'm sure just very motivated. Yeah. I'm not into motivating people. I feel like if you have to seek motivation from outside sources, real estate's not for yeah, you. Absolutely anyway. not. But that's to-
0: because you're intrinsically motivated. I, I typically am gravid, like I gravitate toward those people. I don't, um, I don't typically, even friend circle wise, I don't. Mm-hmm really love the people that need me because it's exhausting if they need yeah. me to light their fire it's exhausting yeah I can't do it
1: um and I don't really know like I'm willing to have a conversation with anyone um and I'll probably have my husband who works in HR help me pick interview questions when the time comes based off of my profile because he knows me best yeah um but because I'll give anybody a shot but um sometimes I ha- I have a bad judge of character sometimes when it comes to people, um, he's better at reading through BS than I am. Yeah, sometimes. my husband
0: is too. I have a bad initial read.
1: Mm-hmm. My husband
0: can always pick up the initial. And I'm like, you're totally wrong. She's really
1: cool. <laughs> and then he's always right. Yeah.
0: Always right. Yeah. So I get that.
1: Yeah. And I, th- I think I want to keep it small and exclusive. Like it's going to be a privilege to work. Yeah. In the brokerage. I think you
0: could do a lot to change really the, because um, agents are burned out with uh, commission splits or they're burned out with brokers that are unethical or Um, maybe just aren't innovative so Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely a place for somebody who's new and fresh and
1: different and
0: innovative and fun Mm -hmm. oh my god the job can be really stressful
1: because just think about working in corporate America like you have so many ideas to bring to the table but nobody gives a shit because you're not in charge you know and that's not what I want my brokerage to be about I want to have an open mind and get feedback Like, what did you hate most about your job in corporate America? Okay, that's not what we're going to do Yeah, let's do it different. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm going after.
0: Love it. Yeah. Another thing I'm loving is the YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I love, love, love that you're doing that. Tell us where that idea came from. Have you wanted to do that for some time?
1: And what we can expect to see on the YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean, if you go back and look, I started that channel in 2018. (laughs) (gasps) Did you really? Yeah. 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 No, but it didn't, it didn't happen. I think when I got into real estate, I was like, I knew I needed to start a YouTube channel. I have a mentor. Um, like you said, she's kind of my mentor. I don't know if she knows she's my mentor, but she's, she lives in Texas. She's like, girl, you are fire. You need to start a YouTube channel. Like, why aren't you doing this? Like you're missing so many, so many opportunities. So I'm launching that so it can turn into other opportunities for myself and my family. I feel like, um, I have so many people tapping into me for so many different things. Um, I would just love to create a space where they can go and just get all the information there. So um, in addition to real estate, like I've always wanted my own lip gloss line. Like I'm always into like beauty products. That's so that's a goal of mine. Um my husband has aspirations of starting like a sneaker boutique. So we're going to feature him on there. So maybe one day that'll open up opportunities for him to be able to live out his dream. Absolutely. Um, and my daughter, of course, she's of that YouTube era, the, the TikTok, the just everything online. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know exactly what she wants to do, but she's a pretty funny person. So I think, you know, there'll be some opportunities for her there. But I just needed a space where I can just bring value to people. Um, cause having people in your inbox or wanting to set up a phone call or pick your brain can be exhausting. It so. is exhausting. And I've got so many other fun projects in the works that are going to help new agents or anybody in sales really. So that'll be coming soon. So you'll have, you'll hear Woo. more about that down the line. But, um, so yeah, the YouTube channel was needed. Did you
0: overthink,
1: you know, um, I just feel like,
0: especially women, but we overthink Everything we want to be perfect, we want to, it to look a certain way. Did you overthink
1: the YouTube channel by any chance? You know, a lot of people don't understand when I say this, but I come off really confident, but I'm still a human being, and sometimes I lack confidence in certain areas. And I don't like doing videos because I feel like I don't have anything to say sometimes, and that surprises people. But it's like yeah. I feel like I don't want to put anything out there, I don't want to do a video, I don't want to if I don't have anything important to say, I just don't want to do it because. I know what it's like to have your time wasted. Yeah. And I don't like people wasting my Aww. time. So that's why I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to really think out what I have to say. How is it going to bring be a value to other people? Like, what's the point of it? Like, it, it needs to be very organized. And I think that's yeah. where my type A comes in. It's like, if it's not perfect. And, and that's the thing that, that's the thing I struggle with. It needs to be progress over perfection. Yep. Just move. Just take Just the move. step. So that's what I did. And um, Brian challenged me to record videos. It took me like 3 hours. <gasps> but I did a 50 second video in 3 hours. I love it. Brian <laughs> is going to stretch you. He's
0: going to uh, He's definitely going to stretch you and challenge you and um but it's forward. It's
1: it's forward moving, thought yeah. provoking. Movement. I'm all about being stretched this year. I mean, Good. my real estate coach has challenged me to do some, to do some things I really don't want to do, but do. Like the door hangers? Was that something you were like, I'm not and doing knocking that. on my neighbor's doors. Like I don't like people knocking on my door. I have and a
0: sign at my door that Jordan made that says, don't knock, don't ring the bell. It upsets the dogs, which upsets the mom. Yeah. I have that sign at my door. So I feel that. So
1: I don't really know like how that's going to go. Um, Cause for one, we have a no solicitation sign for two. I'm part of a neighborhood Facebook group and they complain when people ring their doorbells. The so it's like, okay, yes, I'm a neighbor but how can I do this without pissing people off? Because I feel like if I piss them off, they're not going to hire me to sell their home anyway. Yeah. If they know I'm like a, if they think I'm a family solicitor, which I'm not. But so I don't know. I'm going to lightly tread that.
0: And lightly today. add value because you've yeah. got so much value. And up here, you've got the knowledge to know what to tell them. I, I know I struggle with the same thing. I've thought, actually, I blast it on my Facebook page all the time. I'm like sell this little house because we live in a neighborhood and the houses are this big. Mm -hmm. Now's the time to sell the house and actually make some money. And I'm like, nobody's listening. So I'm just wanting to go door to
1: door. Yeah. And I've gotten listings in my subdivision before, but it burns me up when I pull it and I see another agent sign in the yard. Happened to me. Yep. A couple months ago. It it bothers me. So I'm like, I've got to win my neighborhood. Like I've lived here for nine years. Like I've got to make it happen. So I'm going to do what I have to do, I guess. We'll see. I love it. Smart.
0: Yeah. So tell me, um, One thing I'm really insecure with, like really, really, that you're definitely not, is clothes. So I think, I feel like your YouTube channel, did you mention something that you're going to do fashion advice and things of that nature? So for those of us who, I mean, of course, mine's probably, I was morbidly obese and bullied, you know. So for me, clothes are more than just, you know, it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, you're mm-hmm. gonna be bullied either way. So for me, I don't give a shit about clothes. I'm gonna wear what makes me comfortable. But when I see you, I'm like, I think I've even said to Brian before, I wanna have like Ruthie fashion status <laughs> because I see you and I wanna be that, but I don't know where to get started. So I really I genuinely, I genuinely would not even know where to go. So what would you give, what fashion advice would you give somebody? That doesn't know where to start, whether they're my age, you know, mid forties, or they're fifteen. Where would you tell them to start? What's the first step?
1: I think if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you do good. That's kind of Mm -hmm. what I've always mimicked in my life. And there was a time when I couldn't afford nice clothes, and I I envied girls that had nice clothes. But you know, sometimes you have to make sacrifices. So. Now that I'm in a position to be able to buy whatever I want, you know, I, I, I buy nice clothes, but I feel like you can look really nice and not have to spend a ton of money. Now, granted, I will spend a lot of money on handbags because that's kind of my treat. No. Yeah. But like, you'd be surprised. Like, I don't spend a lot of money on my clothes. So how
0: do you know what out, what goes with what? I don't Um, even know
1: what goes with what. So somebody kind of trying to, to. To get a cohesive wardrobe, I would suggest getting statement pieces or staples. Okay. Not statements, like your your basics. Basics. Yes. So that would be like a crisp white button down shirt. Okay. Because you can like wear that by itself, tuck it in some jeans with some cute loafers or some flats. It's a very chic look or you can layer that. You can put a cute sweater over that That's like a with a blazer. Like there's so many things you can do with, a, with like a crisp white button down. So that, a pair of dark jeans, a pair of light jeans, whether they're like tears. I don't know if you're into that or not. Um, A nice blazer, like no matter what color it is. Cause like you can do so much stuff with like the same few yeah. pieces. I literally only own like six or seven pair of jeans, but people would never know it. Cause I just mix it up and wear them That's awesome. with different things. Um, I would say a pair of pearl earrings because they're classic. Like they look so good and so chic. Um, a nice pair of loafers. Um, a nice jacket, like a trench. Like that's yeah. a that's a staple piece. I've wanted you have to a have. trench
0: forever. I just don't know where to find them. I don't know where to find any of this stuff. So, um, do you have a favorite store?
1: Um, I love Marshalls, but honestly, I get most of my stuff on from online boutiques because I hate having oh. the same thing on that everybody else has. The day H&M moved here burned me up so bad because that was like the place I would go in Atlanta to stock up and get the camisoles, to get the jeans, to get the sweaters. You can walk out with like eight or nine outfits for like 300 bucks at H&M. But now everybody's wearing the same things. I'm like, ah, I'm not shopping there anymore. Um, So I just shop online for the most part. I love boutiques because the clothes are always different and nobody has them. But like I said, for somebody starting out, just get those staple pieces like your camisoles, your white button down, your, um, what are they scoop neck t-shirts long sleeve t-shirts t-shirts are basic I love a good v-neck t-shirt that's fitted with some jeans I think a pair of uh, converse like a white pair of like high top or low top converse or like a staple I'm thinking
0: of all the things I'm gonna go get (laughs) yeah I love it I I genuinely have zero confidence when it comes to clothes and I'm sure there are other people out there but it just I don't know where to start it's very intimidating just
1: I think basically it's whatever you like like I have on a Ghostbuster shirt and Ghostbuster sneakers, and most people be like, "What is she wearing?" But it's cool to me, yeah. so I really don't care what other people think, and I think that's yeah. a part of just who you are. Just whatever you like, that's what what's most important. And it's taken me a long time to really get to the point where I really don't care what people yeah. think because they're going to have something to say regardless. So just, yeah, absolutely. know if it's cute, that's like a, this is a staple shirt, oh, well, a you know, black you. and white stripe. I've got one from <laughs> Gap just made my day. Listen, Gap is like the best place to get staple pieces. Because oh. they, they sell classic, clean, like stuff that'll carry you 10 years. Like I still have stuff from like 10 years from Gap.
0: So I'm definitely a non-expert, but do you have an opinion on flares or skinnies?
1: I wear both. I wear bell bottoms. They're coming Maybe back. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: I don't know if I could pull it
1: off, but willing to try it. Yep. Um, I know that, what is it, Gen Z, they don't like, I love skinny. I'm I not wearing them. freaking... I don't know. Mom jeans are okay because I have them, but if you wear them a certain way, they're fine. But the way some of these Gen Z kids wear their mom jeans, I'm like, Mm-mm, yeah, you are I agree. not.
0: You look I a agree. mess.
1: Like, so I think it's just I don't know. I like to look put together,
0: and so and you, I would say if I think of Ruthie looking anything, it is put together. Yeah,
1: I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't like to go out and look frumpy. Like I look frumpy yep. in the house, but but back to the um, like the trench coat. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Get you a trench coat. I don't know, Dillard's usually has trench coats. Okay. But what I'm seeing, I haven't worn yet, but I'm going to try it out to see how it goes. Girls are actually layering like the chunky white sneaker with a sweatsuit and a, tre- a trench coat. Oh. And like a nice pair of chic shades it's like a coffee run type look. So, I'm going to try that on and uh You should. post
0: it up. I Listen, I'm going to be glued to the YouTube for the fashion advice. Mm-hmm. Of course, all things real estate, which we can totally get into, but yeah. I'm so excited for the YouTube um, channel. I love that you're putting yourself out there. I love that you're doing that. Know, it's kind of hard, but well, it, uh, is, it is what it is. Yeah. But like you said, like not caring what people think, like in my opinion, when you leave that corporate America thing, you can kind of shed that, that skin of caring so much what mm-hmm. people think. I was just talking to my um, last guest, you know, I struggle. I'm a, I love to curse. Mm-hmm. Anybody who knows me. I mean, I wouldn't know that about you. I would put a sailor to shame. So I struggled like, you know, working eight to five, you know, you, I struggled to let that part of me out. And even still that I work for myself, I struggle. I'm like, oh, I just, I just said that. I really just said that. And it's still such a, you know, to kind of be authentic, but also, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a struggle. Yeah. It really is. But I think shedding some of that skin when you leave corporate America is so liberating.
1: Yes. One thing I enjoy most about not working in corporate America is I don't have to dress up every day. Yes. And yes. I kind of thought like right. my first few photo shoots for real estate, I was like wearing a suit. And then I was like, girl, what are you doing? Like, you don't go show homes in suits. So then I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing suits anymore. Yeah, and I see you in those suits, and I'm like, I really I really
0: wish I had that. I don't know how to wear them. I don't own the pieces. So for me, I'm like, I've done photo shoots, and I'm not dressed up enough, and I'm so embarrassed. I'm yeah. just like, I just – but for me, I'm not ever going to be that real estate agent in a suit ever. So I, I struggle. Clothes I struggle with so much. Yeah,
1: I think the big thing for me is – People identify fashion with me, mm-hmm. and that also helps my real estate brand. Yeah. So when I do these photo shoots, I oh. have to be seen. I guess
0: the green dress is
1: probably my favorite.
0: Um, it's which one. So um, all like you're the, just listed or you're yeah, yeah It's yeah, like yeah. a an emerald.
1: Oh, that came from a boutique called Boohoo, I and I, I paid like that. twenty bucks for that dress. No way.
0: That is so cool. So are you going to do a, like a like it to know it type
1: of thing? You know, I keep applying and they keep um, de- denying my application. They I'm just like, don't excuse know. me. They just don't know. I guess my my Instagram profile looks too real estate-ish. They oh. said they wanted it to be more of like, um, what did they say? Uh, more of like a, I forget the term. Basically, they want all like clothing posts. And I'm mm. like, well, that's not yeah. all I'm about. So if y'all won't let me on your platform, whatever, I'll yeah. find another way. I mean and it might be the number of likes I have too, because I know like a lot of those girls on like to know it have mm-hmm. like hundreds of thousands of followers, which I don't. but
0: so speaking of social media, people would look at your social media and be like, I want to be like that. Do you have advice for somebody who just kind of starting out or where what do you do? what like yours is is really good. So yeah,
1: where should they start? Consistency? I think mm-hmm. people don't buy anything from you until they like you and you have to build trust. And so if you're selling something, people don't want you spamming their timeline with salesy posts. So I might post a real estate post. I mean, I'll share like my coming soon's, my, you know, under contracts, all that, but I'm not actually posting any like sales ads for real estate very often Mm -hmm. because people at this point, they know what I do. It's in my bio, you know, But they really want to get to know me as a person. So they, oh, she's a realtor, but she's also a kick ass chick. She's a mom like me, you know, she's a cool chick or whatever. That's kind of what I want to portray on social media. I think people get into these sales jobs and they just over, and they just blow it.
0: So multi-level marketing, they blow it. I'm thinking back to all of the multi-level marketing that I've been in and all the mistakes I've made, Mm -hmm. which I I think, I think you hit on that. Yeah. In the beginning, multi-level marketing has helped me so much with real estate. It's the same thing Mm -hmm. to me. It's the same exact thing. The only difference is now I understand I'm promoting a no like trust factor versus a product. And I did not, it did, that did not click with me till I was on my 16th Mm -hmm. multi-level marketing product company. So I'm like, Finally,
1: I've learned that it's not about the product. It's more about you. Yep. And so it's crazy. And it's funny because I still run my skincare business in the background. I'm not as big as it, in it as I used to be. But I have more people inboxing me, like coming to me to buy things than Which when I was doing it yeah. Yeah, before. And I was having to go after them. Like, I do know, the dynamics have changed. I do a slight plug about it. Like not really putting the brand out there. Like, oh, tell me more about this. Oh yeah. Here's what I'm using. Well, I want that. Let's put an order in. Yeah. Like I'm getting that all the time. And now it's to the point where I'm not like killing myself trying to get orders. It's like, Hey, here's the link. Buy it if you want. I don't care. Yep. It's yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm not wasting my time on it, but. Let's talk about the real
0: estate market for a second. Okay. Um, tell me kind of what you're thinking about it, how long you think, you know, I know you get that question all the time. Are we in a bubble? We get that all the time. So tell me a little bit about what you're thinking about the market right now and how your clients are adapting to the market.
1: Um, it's crazy to say the least. It is absolutely crazy. Um, just educating my buyers. Honestly, I've been really listing heavy. This year, which is a shift, which is good for me. But you said you put that out there. I did put that out there. Um, But I still have buyers. I still have a lot of buyers. Tons of buyers in my pipeline too. Just really educating them on if right now is the right time because I am not doing this. I honestly love selling real estate. I love this job. It makes me happy. It makes me feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So, and I make good money regardless. But. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to put somebody under contract just to make no, no buck. I'm not going to do it. So I'm having a conversation with some of my buyers because I do have a lot of buyers shopping under that $200,000 price point, which is hard, toughest. And I'm like, look, I don't know if right now is a good time for you to buy a house. And I'm telling you this because I love you and because um, you don't have any money and because you're going to have to have some money. Yep. Like you're going to have to have some money. Um Gone are the days, right? At least right now, gone are the days of asking the sellers to pay our closing costs. Yep. That's a hard conversation. Gone are the days of not having cash reserves in case it doesn't appraise and bringing that cash to the table. Gone are the days of putting 15 contingencies in an offer. Like, if you don't have a clean cut offer where you have cash to pay for everything, and sometimes, not that I recommend it, but waive your home inspections because I've seen it happen, Ugh. it's going to be really hard for you to get a house right now. Yep. So, you might just need to lay low. Um, hopefully in the spring, typically what I've seen these last few years, I've sell, I've sold real estate. We do start to see a pickup in inventory because the school year's That's wrapping great. up. People are mm-hmm. relocating. I actually have a listing coming where a family's moving to, uh, Georgia. So they're in a similar situation. They've lived in their house for like 13, 15 years or something like that. They're like, hey, we're moving to Georgia. We need a list. I'm like, well, thank God you don't need to buy anything right now. Yeah. I mean, not that we're going to promote low inventory because we're not. Mm -hmm. Um, There's still inventory out there. But you just have to be a different kind of buyer right now and really trust your agent and listen to what we're saying. Because if you don't listen, you're probably not going to get the
0: house. I feel like buyers are, um, especially the first-time home buyers or those buyers who um, haven't bought in a long time, maybe since the recession, they are of the mind that they are just going to think about it. Mm-hmm. So I will have that full conversation with them way before we go out and look. I need a thumbs up or thumbs down, and I need it in the yard when we get outside. Mm-hmm. You don't have time to go home and think about it. That's the toughest conversation. What do you
1: say if you have to think on it? You won't. If you have to sleep on it, you won't be sleeping in it. Yeah. I literally had oh, to tell my mom one. and her husband this last night because they're trying to buy a house in Kansas City. I'm like, well, if it just fell out of contract, you have a, a slim, like a you have a chance of getting it, but you have to move quick. Like yep. so. Right now, you need to make a decision. They went ahead and put an offer in. I don't know if they got it or not. I need to call them. But yeah, so, and I guess this too, and and you might disagree when I say this, but I understand that buying a house is a big decision, but quit dragging your parents. Yes, Your parents bought their house 30, 40 years ago and the market was totally different. Mm-hmm. I have so many first-time homebuyers blow deals because of their parents, like blow good deals because of their parents. Like you really need to trust your realtor yeah. and who you hire yep. does matter. It does matter. It does matter. Yeah. And I, I'm I hope that I have put out there the reputation that I can be trusted and I'm not gonna screw you over and I wanna I wanna make sure you get what you want and look after your best interest at the same time. And I think that if I'm not really on that level with a buyer, I really don't wanna work with yeah. them in way. Anyway.
0: The, the great thing about real estate I feel like is um um the more you're in it and the more reputation you've built for yourself, you actually start to be able to select who you want to work Mm -hmm. with. And it does matter because I'll tell people I may not be the right fit for you. It's going to, it, it has the potential to feel like pressure. It's not pressure. I don't care if you buy this house. I want you to buy the house. Mm -hmm. So, but I will need to know, and we do need to move quickly. So if that intimidates you, it's not going to be the right fit.
1: Yeah. It's so tough. Just setting the expectation up front, I think makes for a, cleaner transaction. Mm -hmm. And I'm not afraid to refer a buyer. Like, it's not that I don't want to work with you. It's just, I'm so covered up right now, but I have an agent on my team, not really on my team, but somebody that, a partner, um, a referral partner that I have, I have an agent on my team who actually has a little bit of extra time and can show you these homes. I'm going to introduce you to her. So it's not like I'm just kicking you to the curb. Mm -hmm. I am just introducing you to somebody else that I'm working with. That can give you the time and attention, and it's usually Absolutely. a newer agent that needs the experience. So, Absolutely. And of course, there's probably a small referral fee that I get for sending the business, but, um, but yeah, the market is just it's night and day from what it was last year. Um, you have to go hard. You have to be competitive. You have to be ready, which means having your proof of funds. Absolutely. Having your pre approval on deck. Do you have
0: people dragging on the pre approval ever? I, sometimes I, they'll tell me I've got an investor client they want to be pre-approved and they just won't take that next step. They won't do it. And she texted yeah. me the other day, we're still looking to see if it, we love anything. And
1: I'm like, if you love it, it's gone. Yeah. Um, I have systems in place to where, cause my first year, I think I wasted a lot of my time. I have systems in place now. It's like, Hey, if you reach out to me, cause you want to work with me. Okay. Have you talked to a lender? No. Okay. Do you want me to email you a list of my preferred lenders? Sure. Okay. Well, once you get pre-approved, um, get the, get the letter from the lender, and then. Call me back from there. Yeah. I don't even have any kind of conversation with you until you've been approved. And that tells me if you're serious about How much time time.
0: can you waste on, on, on those that aren't, they're just not ready. They're just not ready or, or they don't understand the market or they don't, they just, they won't listen. It's so hard. It's so hard. Um, so I wanted, um, I wanted to just kind of ask, what is next? We know the brokerage is next. The YouTube channel is up. Is there anything else that's kind of in the pipeline for you, either as an agent, a wife, a mom? Is there mm-hmm. anything else that's coming up that...
1: My well, life's pretty boring. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I do have some projects that I'm working on. Hopefully this summer I can roll those out. Um, I'm debating so. on whether I'm going to renovate my own house, but my dream is to buy a piece of land and build a house. But Of course, sales have skyrocketed. Land so expensive. So I just don't know. Um, I do know that we've outgrown our current house. Same. (laughs) Same. Just trying to figure out what that looks like for us. Um, More investment properties. I'm closing on my, well, I have two, but I'm closing on one of the first ones I bought at the end of the month. That is So so exciting. Really trying to be more active in the investment community. So my husband is too. So that's something we have. Is the idea
0: for him to ever join you?
1: Yeah, so he idea? wants to eventually do it full time. I yeah. think when we renovated this first flip, um, he wished he could have been more hands on, but he's kind of at the point Ryan when I was at the hotel. It's like, oh, yeah, this job, yep. you know, that's kind of where he it. is. So, and I want him to be able to enjoy life as much as I yeah. enjoy life. So we're gonna we're gonna come up with a plan to get him out of there. I love that. So, yeah. So what else do I have coming up? Um, hopefully, get my daughter driving. Yeah, I'm really, really hoping for you there. She just finished finished up uh, driving school yesterday. Well, good. She's like, okay, I feel a little bit safer being on the road now. So I'm like, okay, when are we getting your permit? She's like, I'm not sure. I'm like, girl. I know my girlfriend dealt with that
0: forever. What is your problem?
1: You know, it's these kids, like, they don't have to go meet up to to hang out with Uh, each other now. So it's not important that they go somewhere because, like, they do everything on their phone. So I think that's the biggest difference. But, Never thought about that. Yeah, makes sense. Oh, I, I, seriously, I thought
0: he is. So, why is he not wanting to drive? Because mm-hmm. I know when I was young, I couldn't get the keys fast oh, enough. My gosh! I wrecked my mom's brand new sports car. I was mm-hmm. so excited. Did yeah, you? I did twice.
1: Ugh. Well, yeah. I had a wreck. My dad. My first car was a 1998 Buick Century Custom. It was. Uh-huh. At, I was probably five, five 110 pounds, could barely see over that wheel. The car was huge. And I was driving I to the post office to mail off my grad- my senior year graduation invites. And I rear-ended this um, oh, trailblazer. I'll never forget it. That thing was old. It was made of steel. Like, I did no damage yep. to that car. But my car, the whole front end was completely crushed. And my dad fixed it. But the car was gold. But he left the hood black. He says, let this be a lesson <gasps> to you. It's going to build some character. If it sure you want did. this painted, <laughs> you're going to pay to get it painted. And I drove it like that for probably a good Two years. That's great. Until I got a like a shitty paint job done. I was paid four hundred dollars for this paint job. God. It was awful. I was like, mm. I should have left it black.
0: Yeah, so I had a nineteen eighty eight Olds Cutlass. Oh, mm-hmm. it was like driving yeah. two sofas.
1: Yeah, it was. It was a great those ride. Old, yeah, those but, old cars are nice though. Oh, but you look back and you are like, I am so appreciative. And my daughter's like, um, Mom, I want a Hellcat. I am like, <gasps> Girl. You need to build, you of all people, we need to build some character. We need to get you driving. You're going to get a bucket. You're going to get a bucket. So I'm giving her my old Mercedes, the old SUV I kept it because I got a new one. And She's like, I don't want to drive that. I'm like, you are just, like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. How about you get nothing? Like, yeah. We're gonna teach you a lesson. Or how about we you go could, get you
0: like a geoprism from like the the
1: loudest early car 90s. we can find that yeah. leaks oil and has like exhaust yeah. That's gonna be oh if you gosh. keep it up, that's what you're gonna be driving. Those kids would love that Mercedes. I know. I would have. Are you loving the new Mercedes? I'm loving it. To get little, the tire in, fixed. Yeah, and I had another little incident the other day. No. The yeah. Oh yeah. So a box truck, we're going 40 east, like 60 miles an hour, and his window, like the driver door window, just busts out on the interstate and all this glass comes flying at my car and I have like 15 chips in my windshield and it's chipped some of the paint off of my hood and my bumper, y'all. Like,
0: oh, no.
1: And it took me two miles to pull him over. Yeah. Oh, Still no. drivable. Like people, yeah. no, if you look at it, nobody can really tell, but I can tell. Yeah. You know, so well, you know.
0: Fixed. Yeah. And that's your hard work right there. And I just
1: had it. I just got that thing like two weeks ago. That's my life, though. Anytime I get something nice, somebody comes for me. That's okay. Whatever. Haters are always going to be there. It is what it yeah, is.
0: the glass haters. But <laughs> the well, I'm glad it's. Um, I'm glad the Mercedes is a... like that's a car for me that to me I just see a status. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think I think
1: a lot of people are like that. So it's my dream car. Yeah, they're very Good rare. They're you. hard to find. Yeah, so it's an AMG. What is it? An AMG. It's a GLE, GLE. 43 yep. AMG okay. version. Um, so I've been looking for it for like a year. And nobody in Knoxville has them. Like, you have to go to Atlanta, which we usually buy our cars. We got our Tesla in Atlanta. Yep. So I was like, I'm going to have to go to Atlanta and get this thing. But I couldn't find one that didn't have, like, high miles or wasn't the right color. So can I tell this story really quick? Well, sure. Okay. And then, <laughs> then I'll shut up. But I had went, like, um, my daughter was like, Mom, let's go look at cars. Sometimes I'll take her up. Maybe it encourages her to yes. get her a permit or whatever. Um so we ended up going to CarMax and I saw an Escalade. I'm like, man, this is nice. I'm like, but it's so I've never big. been in one. Yeah, but they're they're big, just yeah. really big. It's just the three of us. So my husband's like, well, let's just go to Escalade and see what they have if you like this. So we went and I actually saw one that I mm-hmm. liked and I was going to buy. It was black and had this really pretty, like almost purple burgundy leather. Mm-hmm. Like it was just so, like, man, it's like, man, somebody's should drive me around in this. Yes. It's so nice. So he was like, drive it over the weekends. It was like president's day weekend. He's like, come back in Tuesday. We'll do paperwork. I'm like, okay. So I drove it home, picked up my dad, we rode around. I slept on it. And my brother was the one that was actually like, sis, he was like, you're in a position to literally buy any car you want. He's like, this ain't it. Like, why do you want this? Wow. And I'm like, I really don't want, well, it, it came out of nowhere. It's not really something I wanted. And I almost made like a $60,000 mistake buying that car. Cause it was like a year or two old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, so I've got to take this car back anyway. Let's just go to Mercedes and see what they have. So Mer- Mercedes had a C-class version of my car, but it was like a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not spending a hundred grand. Like, I, I'll spend it if I love it. Yep. Uh, and you should. Absolutely. I didn't love that car. You should be in car. love with it. Right. Yeah. Didn't love that car. Really wasn't what I wanted. I was like, okay. So the BMW, I think it's an X6, is like the BMW brand of the Mercedes GLE 43 Coupe that I wanted. And so I'm like, let's just go look at the BMW and see if I like it. So we pulled up to BMW. I actually went in the Escalade. <gasps> I'm tripping, y'all. I That's went in the great. Escalade. I parked the, the, S, the rented Escalade. That's great. Um, so I got out. I hopped out the car and I looked and there it was. It literally won. It was, it was parked right there. I'm like, Terrence. So the
0: Mercedes was at the BMW dealership.
1: said, so that's my car.
0: Oh. I went to it. We know, you know,
1: it was there. It was it, the outside is white and it has like mm. a, a bone colored leather mm. in it. It had 10,000 miles on it. So it's a 2019. It's not brand new. We don't mm. ever buy brand, yeah. brand, nope. brand new cars. I was like, this is my car. And Terrence is like, we don't want to, I was like, no, like this is, this is it. Yeah. So we literally like test drove it. And I remember we put it on the interstate. It was in comfort mode. And Terrence and my brother were like, this is the AMG. I'm disappointed. And then we parked and we looked at the buttons. He was like, oh, we were supposed to have it in extreme sport mode or yep. something like that. So I was like, okay, let me cut it on. So we cut it on. We took it back on the interstate and y'all, it has it in our seat like I this. Love, oh, love. It was so good. So I pulled it. I was like, okay, we're going to go do paperwork. And you guys like, I talk about this openly like we were so poor and had bad credit back in the day and you guys we went in there and bought a, a $75,000 car in 30 minutes yeah like that's never happened and I never God. felt so confident to be able to just go in there and like no money down like I'd have to bring any money to the table like yeah you guys have a plus credit whatever you need let's just let's sign the papers 30 minutes later 75000 I love it I didn't realize. I thought you bought it at Mercedes. I didn't uh-uh. realize it came from the BMW yep,
0: dealership. BMW. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Still has full warranties on everything. So yep. it, was a, it was a great car. So I don't have buyer's remorse because it's what I wanted. Yep. I just hate that people are coming after me in my car now with their leaving, tie, leaving. Uh, what is it, nails in the road and windows. Yeah, it's just been. But it's just a car too. Yeah. Like I'm not that materialistic. It can be fixed. I have insurance. It can be fixed. Time, but. Thank God. Right. So I think that was a God thing. I Cause literally it. it was the only one parked there and it was literally waiting for me to come get it. Cause they just got it in. That's crazy. Yeah. I love that. I love that you know
0: it, what you want. Yes. And then you go get
1: it. And here's the thing. Here's what I live my life by. I think God literally lines up everything perfectly for me ever since I got into real estate. Like I didn't know how I was going to make a lot of things happen, but Mm -hmm. provisions have always shown up when they're supposed to show up. Like, you know, just dropping people back in my life, you know, when I need them to help me navigate a certain situation, bringing me clients, like just opening up so many doors for me. So I have no doubt like this was – the car for me absolutely because it was just there right on time and uh,
0: again when you know you know and you should I just believe you shouldn't really doubt that no because we grow up doubting we grow up money I grew up money scarce you know all Mm -hmm. that so you you just doubt I can't afford it I shouldn't have. I shouldn't afford it
1: why not yep yeah so I'm kind of stressing over the house thing but like you know what whether we get the opportunity to build or buy a house and renovate when it's supposed to show up it's going to show up so I'm not going to stress over it and you
0: know a great agent yeah
1: so there's that yeah
0: um, that's what I say. Every time I've threatened to put my house on the market, I'm like, I've got my own sign. I could just stick it out in the yard. Right now. I know. I know. We could do it right now. Well, tell everybody where they can find you and follow all of the fashion, all of the real estate, yes. and all of the Ruthie.
1: So, Okay. So my YouTube is Lifestyle with Ruthie. Um, there's not much there yet, but more content. It's coming, is right? Coming it's it's sure. coming. I'm Ruthie the Realtor Knox on Instagram, and my Facebook page is private, but as long as you're not a local Knoxville Realtor, you can always mm-hmm. follow me on Instagram. Um, Facebook. It's Ruthie Lyons.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was fun. So so it was fun and I hope you'll come back and we're going to talk about all of the things once you get the brokerage and once you're doing all that, I really would love an update on all that.
1: Yeah, I'll come back and give one for
0: sure. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, again, we just want to connect, all of you guys to, to our community. So stay tuned, more high impact podcast episodes to come and Ruthie, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.